Hey guys, welcome to ORP episode 3. Today's episode is long overdue. It's a guest interview with a very close mentor of mine, Sergeant First Class Wyatt. He's serving in the Army as an 11 Charlie mortarman. He's, uh, he's been in for a while. He has a lot of good knowledge, a lot of experience from, from the civilian side. Uh, family, family man, man of God. A lot of good, good things we can talk about. Uh, we dive into some very specific topics on today's podcast. So make sure you stick around. Check out his handle at the end. Go follow him. Go see what he's about. Also, just if you will, drop us a review in the in the comments and, and let us know how we're doing. So check it out. Let us know what you think. So uh, today, our guest, big mentor uh, for me and my, myself uh, personally, and a lot of the guys that we work with on the videos, um, come from the same same state, the best state in the world, uh, or at least in the United States, Georgia. So we have a lot of stomping ground up there that we've probably both been on. Uh, without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest and let him uh, kick it off with a little bio and his background. Hey, how you doing? Sorry, first class. Doing pretty good. How you doing? Pretty good. Just trying to get through this this month yeah i understand that's all we can do that's all we can do so yeah i'll give information about myself you know let everybody know where i'm coming from uh sergeant first class christopher wyatt as uh, zach said you know i joined the army 25 july 2005 so i've been in for a minute you know this uh this july is going to mark my 16th year and you know like anything it's had its ups and downs but honestly more ups than down to be honest with you, I've really enjoyed it. You know, before the Army, like he said, we're from uh, the greatest state in the United States, and that's Georgia. But I'm from North Georgia, and we didn't have, you know, nothing much but carpet mills and stuff like that. No. So I did construction jobs, carpet mills. You know, I just, whatever I could do to make ends meet, to be honest with you. Uh, then I remember 9-11 happened, you know, 2001. When that happened, to be honest with you, I was like, man, I could never see myself, you know, joining the military. And a couple of years later, you know, I found myself in the recruiting office in uh, Rome, Georgia. That's where I joined out of. My recruiter was a corporal guy. I'll never forget him. You know, he was, uh, he was one of those recruiters. But lucky for him, I knew what I wanted to do. I went straight in there. <clears throat> I went in there headstrong. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know all the, uh, what do you say? steps it takes to join uh, but anyways i went through there joined uh went to basic training in fort benning georgia as soon as i got out of there i was stationed at the best army base in the world 101st fort campbell 101st airborne air assault division uh <clears throat> i was there for 10 years absolutely loved it man just the tempo there is the brotherhood there is something that a lot of people don't get the experience, you know, it's just a whole different beast in itself. Being there was, uh, I'm a mortarman. So I get to work with the infantry guys, you know, I get to carry the little, the little mortar with me when I'm on the line with them, a 60 millimeter mortar. Uh, <clears throat> while I was at Fort, Fort Campbell, I deployed three times with them. That's the kicker. I was there for 10 years. So did a lot with them deployed three times. We'll talk about that later. Uh, did a lot of field training, 
a lot of mentorship with soldiers. I, I went up from a private second class to staff sergeant while I was there. And shortly thereafter, but on my 10th year, I got an email from my branch manager saying, dude, how have you been there for 10 years? Like you, you fell through the cracks. And to be honest with you, I was sad because I wanted to stay. But uh, <clears throat> at that time, I was going through pre-ranger and stuff like that because I, I had different dreams, different aspirations. But I came down on recruiting orders. So went to recruiting school and everything. And I had orders to go to Fort, I think it was around Fort Dix is where I was supposed to go to recruit at. But about two weeks after the school was over, my dad got diagnosed with cancer. And Army found out about it. And they actually changed my orders and let me go to Rome, Georgia to take care of my dad while he had cancer. You know, so I'm, I'm thankful for that. A lot of places won't give you that benefit. And I can't say that they'll do it for everybody in the military, but I know they did it for me. You know, they let me go there and take care of my dad and everything. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. Uh, he's no longer with us, but that time we spent together is something that would never be replaced. So after recruiting, I was there for four years. And the reason I was there for four instead of three is because they let me take care of my dad and my mom. You know, she got sick about the time my dad was dying. But anyways, they let me take care of them. So I felt like I owed them an extra year for that year that they allowed me to do what I needed to do for my family. Uh, I'm just geared a little bit different than most, I guess. Uh, recruiting wasn't the easiest job, but it wasn't the hardest job either, you know. So after recruiting, I got orders to Fort Stewart, Georgia, and that's where I'm at now. So the whole 10 years, I was in the light infantry. You know, I was a foot soldier, flew in helicopters, Humvee, we rode in Humvees, MRAPs, MATVs, and all that. Well, I got to research in Fort Stewart, and it's an armored. So I've never been in the track. I get here, and I see the vehicle I'm in, and uh, it's actually a 113 from Vietnam <laughs> with a 120-millimeter mortar system. So got here. You know, I did a rotation with them. I've been here for about 13 months now and I've uh, met some really good people and everything. Uh, it's just a, a shocker to be here, you know, instead of Fort Campbell, because that's what me and my family was used to. I forgot to mention, you know, I'm, I'm married, been married since I was 21 and I'm 39 now. So that's a lot of, a lot of time to be married to my high school sweetheart. And we have three daughters, you know, my daughter's 13 year old. I got a 10 year old and a 16 year old. So pretty busy with all that, but uh, really that's just, you know, a little background about me, where I came from, what I did. Uh, I'm pretty sure we'll get into that a little bit more, but that's really about it. Oh yeah, that's a, that's a great bio and a, and a lot of years of, of good experience with the Army. Um, 10 years at one place. I mean, I guess it would be really sweet, especially being Campbell. So uh, yeah. I, I can only imagine that. Seems like uh, the typical rotation is what every three years, every two to three years, you usually rotate. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, man, you mentioned a lot. So, you were 24 when you came into the Army? Yeah, I was 24. 24. Okay. And uh, for our listeners, uh, I mean, obviously, a lot of you guys are coming in or interested more or less at the end of high school. Uh, but for the older, the older groups, I, I would imagine it's a little easier at least the mental game going to boot camp. How was that? How was that for you? Yeah. You know, to be honest with you, when I went to basic training and everything, uh, I think I was the second oldest guy in my platoon. Uh, but I had other, I had another problem and it wasn't the age. I was overweight. Okay. 
not joined, uh, if you don't mind, I'll hit that area real oh, quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So back when I joined, they had a thing called the step test. If you were overweight and overtaped, they would put a platform up and you'd have to like march to the beat of a song they would play. Like you put your left foot up, left foot down, right foot up. Okay. And, I, and it was pretty, uh, it was pretty rough because I wasn't really fit, you know. Yeah. Luckily, I passed that. I think I was the only one in the room that day that passed it. So, you know, God had plans for me, even when I didn't know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, yeah. And that was, in basic training, that was probably the hardest part was me being the size. I was 250 pounds, but it wasn't good pounds, you I know. See. I never ran before basic training. I never did any of that. So my drill sergeants, they really, uh, they took a real liking to me. <laughs> <laughs> As they do. Uh well, I guess that, that segues right into our, our first question was, it's really your beginnings. So 24 years old, you're in, uh, are, were you living in Calhoun at this time as well? Yeah, I was in Calhoun. Okay. So 24 and then you're like, I'm, I'm going to go join the army. What, what was really your, uh, your selling point? Like what, what made you decide like, yeah, I'm going to go army over other branches. If I, if I may ask. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, so my family, I come from a family that of service. You know, my grandfather was in the army for about 23 years. My dad, uh, he was in Vietnam. My uncle was in Vietnam. My grandfather, he was actually in World War II in the Korean War. Uh, my dad's sister, my uncle Bo, he was in MACB SOG, which was kind of like special forces in Vietnam. Uh, it was a real wild group. And so it was really just family thing, you know? Yeah. And, <clears throat> man, I'm going to be honest with you and blunt as I can. I just I woke up one day told my wife, I said, I'm joining the army. You know, I wasn't always a nice guy. You know, I didn't always have Christ. So I come from a life that was a little different than some possibly, but the same as some, you know what I'm saying? Cause we're all not perfect angels. Oh, yeah. But uh, I just told my wife, I said, Hey, I'm going to join the army. She kind of gave me this look, you know, you got a picture though, a 250 pound guy, never ran, never worked out never did anything but work at these carpet mills and do construction and just, you know, go job to job trying to find what was, uh, what was for me. Cause I believe we all have a purpose. I believe we're all made for something. We're all destined for something, but it's up to us to find it. And that's the thing we have to find it. And, uh, <clears throat> so I went and told my dad, you know, my dad was drafted in Vietnam, be honest with you. He was 50, 50 about his service. You know what I'm saying? Like he, Liked it, but then again, he was towed. Yeah. He was towed and to go serve. And I remember telling him, I was like, Dad, I'm joining the Army. My dad looked at me, and I'm going to be honest with you and the viewers, you know, he, he laughed. He, he laughed at me. And he was like, okay, I'll believe that when I see it. Wow. You know? So me, it was already in my head, so I knew I was going to join. I get up one morning, I went down to, it was, uh, I think it's Mount Berry Mall in Rome. That's where the recruiting station was. Uh, pulled up there with my brother, and it was early. You know, the mall wasn't even open. So we get out of the car, and we're going to walk into this, to the recruiting center, and this little guy, Corporal Guy is his name. That's my recruiter. He jumps out of the car and runs over to me. He's like, what can I help you with? So he already knew, you know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? And I was like, well, I need to go to the Army, and I want to go right now. So I thought you just show up, sign paperwork, and you leave. Yeah, oh, okay. That's what I thought. Uh, he told me, he's like, slow down a little bit, you know. He's like, there's more to it than what you think. And I never believed it until I started working with him. And I was like, wow, this, this is a process. 
you know, I had a lot of things working against me, which was my weight, the size of my belly and stuff like that. My past, you know, my juvenile past and stuff like that. But uh, he worked it and got me in there, you know. Went down to about a week later. I did the ASVAB. I did the physical, the step test that I had to do for, you know, being overweight and overweight. But the thing is, I wanted to be a military police, okay. you know, because honestly, I was on the wrong side of the law as a civilian. And I felt like that was my way of giving back. Like I wanted to be a military police, but I got down there and uh, sat down with the uh, the liaisons, and they went over everything that I had available. And military police wasn't on there, okay. so the only other job I thought of in my head was what my grandfather told me about. I can remember being a small kid. My grandfather had Alzheimer's, hmm. but one thing he never forgot about was his service. You know, he would tell me these stories, and I, my eyes would just light up seeing the joy in his face as he would talk about all the men that he, you know, that he served with the times that he actually went to war and war back then was, I'm not discrediting the wars we're in now because this is a long war, but war back then was, it was a different beast. And my grandfather really liked it and he was infantry. So that's what I chose was infantry, not really knowing exactly what came along with it at that time. Just carrying on the torch. Yeah, basically. Yeah. It's uh, going back to, a lot of guys, um, I feel like something when people start telling you, oh, you're like, it's probably not a good idea or you're not going to be able to do it, man, that just sets a fire in people. And those are usually the best service members I've met. Like they, they were told no and they fought their way into the no. And then when they got yep. in, they're some good dudes. And I'm obviously you, you're there uh, and, you, and you, you put in the work and look at you now. So, uh, I, and one thing I didn't mention before, I, I really appreciate your service. Thank you for your service. Oh, thank you for um, yours. You know, coming from from the South, Georgia, it, and, and going back off like your family, you had a lot of service members in your family. Uh, it, it almost seems like a natural thing that happens, especially mm -hmm. North Georgia. Like everyone I knew, somebody had someone they knew that was in their family that was either serving or had served before, uh, especially in that, that Vietnam era. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that the step test, that's that's an interesting uh concept. I'm trying to think. I, I would assume they, they've probably moved past that now nowadays. But uh they actually got rid of it shortly after. But my last recruiter was two thousand nineteen and they actually back. But oh, it, they wow. only they only brought it back for a little bit. I see. Yeah, that's uh I, I know it, it's sometimes it kind of seems silly the things they do, but uh you know, there's there's rules and there's letter of the law, but then you also have to fill those those numbers. And people are passionate about wanting to join. Like, you gotta give them away. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's that's an interesting one though. I've never heard of of the step test. Yeah. Uh, I I guess moving into our next question would be the uh, injuries and recovery. Uh, personally, I, I do follow you, so I kind of know a little bit about your story with your your injuries. Um, I don't recall if it was prior or if it was right after you, you joined the army that you had uh, a serious, was it a car accident? Yeah, I had a car accident after uh, my second deployment to okay. Iraq. So obviously so. Uh, just from the background I know of you, it, it was super, it was a major uh, injury. And looking at you today, I mean, you're, you're all over the place. Your physical standards are, are top notch. So uh, could you give me like a brief, uh, like little story uh, of, of what happened and, and what, what it took to get you back on your feet and where you are today? 
Absolutely. So uh, it was July 17th of 2009. You know, I just got back from my second deployment with 101st Airborne Air Assault Division up in Fort Campbell. Uh, that was my second time to Iraq. You know, there's a saying that goes, people make it all the way through a deployment, but then they lose their lives after or have bad accidents after, you know. And that's kind of what happened to me. I had a soldier that was getting out of the Army, uh, and he wanted to go fishing up at Piney Campground mm. up near Campbell. So I went up there and, you know, went fishing with him. His wife got sick. They had to leave. So I cleaned up the camp and everything, and I was headed back home that night. It was probably like midnight, 1 a.m. or something like that. And as I was driving, two deer ran out in the road. And, man, just off natural instinct, I swerved over real fast. Uh, and when I woke up, I could see the back of my seat because my head was just dangling. So I could see the seat I was sitting in, and I knew something wasn't right, you know. I picked my head up to look straight. And uh, when I did, I heard a loud pop and my head fell again. So at that time, I honestly knew I had a soldier with me and his uh, a female was with him, his girlfriend or something like that. And I looked at, or I didn't look at him, but I told him, I said, man, my neck's broke. And he's like, no way, you know, uh, I'm going to call your wife to come pick you up and this, that, oh, and other. No. no, I don't think she can help us, you know. So he called 911 and everything. Uh, luckily for me, though, I always stay calm you know, when something bad like that happened. So I, I was very calm and I wiggled my feet to make sure I wasn't paralyzed, you know, to make sure, cause you can be paralyzed from wherever the break is down. And I was good, you know, so I was thankful for that. And uh, I slid out of my truck, low crawled through the grass, up the drop off. And then I laid flat on the road on my back, waited for the ambulance to come. And you know, as crazy as it sounds, that's something that I learned in basic training was how to low crawl and how to hold your head as you do it. So I held my head and I would pull with my other, my other arm to get me to the flat ground. Uh, got up there and they sent me to the hospital on post. Uh, the surgeon came in and he told me, he's like, he said, I can't do anything for you. You know, it's pretty severe. You broke your neck in three places. We're going to life flight you down to Vanderbilt. And, uh, but they couldn't get any air assets. So they drove me down to Vanderbilt University, which is a very good hospital in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, went there. They didn't. They couldn't do the surgery because you know it's pretty messed up. So they put me in a halo. I don't know if you know the viewers know what that is. If you've ever seen Fight Club, you'll see a big metal thing this guy's wearing on his head. Uh, that's a halo. So I had to wear that for 13 weeks. Uh, they took it off, and my C2 was still fractured to the spinal cord. So then they put me in a hard aspen brace. Uh, stayed knit for three months. So it was about six months total that I was in this stuff. Uh, I was recliner ridden. My wife took care of me. My oldest daughter, Emily, my dad came up and helped. Uh, I was messed up probably in July, 2009. I didn't return to duty until February of 2012 is when I fought the medical board. Cause you know, the army was, I was pretty messed up, man. I was in uh, physical therapy for over two years. You know, I can remember lifting two and a half pound dumbbells and it hurting them telling me I would never run again. Them telling me I would never lift five pounds over my head again. Uh, and it was really, it was just really a challenge. You know, it was really a challenge. I would say in February of 2012, I was going through a medical board, which is where they medically retire you. You know, they, they compensate you and everything. Well, during that time, you know, 
I'm gonna be honest with you, I got saved. You know, I just, my wife's always went to church and everything and I would go just to watch the kids and stuff. But this one Sunday, man, when I went, I just, I felt it. It's hard to explain, you know, but I just felt an overwhelming peace, you know, just, and that day is the day I got saved. And I'm gonna tell you something. The army found me unfit for duty. They were medically retiring me, but I fought it. After that day, you know, I just knew it wasn't over. The good Lord knew it wasn't over. So we fought it and they actually overturned their decision and they let me stay in the infantry. And when that happened, like my commanders and stuff, they were like, we've never seen this happen, you know? And that's how I know, like when people ask me, you know, how's God real? How's God real? That's how I know, you know what I'm saying? He took the impossible and made it possible. And I'm still here today. Obviously I'm still serving. Uh, I deployed to Afghanistan after that. I'm just really thankful, man. It was a, it was a bad break. It was a bad injury. Uh, I've seen people have to get retired for a lot less, to be honest with you. Oh yeah. So. That's just from the, the opening story about that, man, I, I could only imagine coming to and, and not, like not knowing what was what, but, and, and as you mentioned, like the things, um, the, the thing that probably most helped you was the training that you received in basic training and knowing like hold your head and, and crawl like that. That's, that's intense. That's a traumatic experience. I, c- I could imagine. Um, but you got, you got yourself where you needed to be, you got the help. And then as it seems like from the first moment you started crawling up that hill, it was, it was like that until the day you were finally able to get off that board. And, really was. and, uh, and a lot of people will, would agree. Um, God will bring you through th- that stuff. He'll use those events. He'll put you places that you feel like maybe you can do everything on your own, but, uh, you know, look yeah. at you now and he, he took a traumatic event and, and, and brought you through it. And, uh, obviously is using you today for a lot of good things and, and spreading his word. Uh, that's, it's amazing. It's crazy. Um, people can't comprehend it, but uh, it, I, when I tell the story, people just give me that look, you know, but I mean, it's the truth. Yeah. And that's a lot of people will call it personal truth, but <laughs> it's truth is truth. And, uh, yeah. can't, can't really debate that. So, I really appreciate you sharing that story with me. That's I never knew the the extent of of the injury, but I can only imagine the. Man, that's I, I've seen people get med- medically separated for the smallest things, and I can only imagine. That's I, I can't even I don't even have the words, uh, but he'll definitely do it. That's it. Yes, um, he will. Well, and you mentioned uh, you you full recovery. Um, at least good enough to get, I would assume, not medically retired. And then you actually went on another deployment after that. Uh, my next question would be segueing into that would be about your deployments. Uh, I know you've mentioned two, both to Afghanistan. Uh, I've been to Boston, uh, Afghanistan once. Okay. So moving on to the, do you want to talk about your deployments and, and, and what capacity that you were working in while you were yeah. Over where I was at, you know, what I expected and what really happened. Because, you know, a lot of people, especially in the infantry, you know, everybody thinks it's like Call of Duty or, you know, like a video game. But to be honest with you, man, it all depends on what area you're in when you're deployed. So the first time I deployed, remember I got out of basic training, I think it was 
I got to Fort Campbell January of 2006. And I was there for about two weeks and then they sent me to Iraq. And that's when I met my fellow soldiers. You know, so imagine a boy from Calhoun, Georgia, flying 12, 13 hours on a plane, about to go into a combat zone to meet other soldiers that have already been there for a couple months. So I was kind of scared. And uh, the first place I went to was called Fob McHenry, and it was near Kirkuk, Iraq, you know. Uh, I remember getting there, getting off the, the Chinook, because after we landed, you know, you got to take birds to different fobs and stuff. And I remember getting off the Chinook, and we got mortared immediately. RPGs and mortars came on the base, and I was like, what am I doing, you know? My Lord, what am I doing right now? But there, there's just the, the welcome. Hey, <laughs> yeah, that was it. You know, that's a bad, a pretty bad place. Uh, we got mortared lot RPGs, but my job was for two weeks, we would switch out with the other mortar and we would provide base security, which would shoot the 120 millimeter mortar uh, in fob defense is what we called it. And then for two weeks, we'd be a personal security detachment, PSD for the battalion commander. Uh, he was a pretty wild man. But that's what we did that deployment. Uh, it wasn't too bad. We got back to the States and we were here for 11 months. Fort Campbell deploys a lot, which I actually don't mind it. I actually like deploying to be honest with you. We were back in the States for 11 months and then we deployed again. This time was supposed to be in 15 months, but my wife had our second daughter. So I got to stay back an extra month and help her you know, and everything. Uh, the Army allowed me to do that to make sure my wife was good with our two daughters that we had at that time. Uh, went there, it was a patrol base Woodcock, and it was pretty close to the hometown of Saddam Hussein. Uh, honestly, that deployment there was kind of kind of like a vacation. I didn't mind it at all. I had a good time, you know. Wasn't nothing like the first one. Uh, so then we got back. You know, that's the deployment. After that deployment, I broke my neck and everything. I was in physical therapy for a real long time. I fought the medical board where we just left off earlier. And I think it was November of 2012, about nine months after that medical board, I actually got to go to Afghanistan. Uh, Afghanistan is a beautiful country. or I, Where I was at was beautiful. It was the Nangahar province. The only bad place around there was a place called the Achin. You know, if people remember back when President Trump or the ex-president, President Trump, first took office, he dropped a Moab. It was a 20,000-pound bomb. It was on that city, you know, the Achin. Uh, I went there on two missions, and to be honest with you, it's a pretty wild place, man. It was a wild place. Uh, don't really want to go into that one too much because that's probably a whole nother segment <laughs> or a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. Blessed. That's some good stuff, so... Uh... Man, you've had a pretty good little, like, pretty good chunk of uh, of your time at Campbell uh, with your deployments, and then you rolled. That's when you rolled into recruiting from there. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Right after uh, recruiting, so. Okay. I think from 2016 until the end of 2019. Yeah, and that's a that's a whole nother world, I would imagine. Uh, yeah. Is is probably just as stressful, but a lot more mental, mental stress on. Uh, it is, you know, recruiting to me, I took that serious. Everything I've did in the army, I take serious to be, whether it's PT training at the range, mortar training, uh, 
maintenance on the vehicles. I take all that very serious because that's the stuff that's going to keep us alive, you know. And with recruiting, I, I look at it the same way. My goal was to be as truthful as possible as I could with everybody. And I would answer questions, honestly. Like people ask me about my deployments and I would tell them, you know, hey, about the nine-hour firefight in the Chin. I would tell them about that. Sometimes my people around me, the other recruiters would be like, you know, but that ain't that ain't how I operate. You know, I, took, I took recruiting very serious, man, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I would, you know, I haven't had to, to live that world yet. Hopefully I'll dodge that one. I just really don't care. I really yeah. don't want to have to do that. But, uh, you know, that's that's how you have to be. At least I know that's how it'd have to be is you're, you're replacing yourself, essentially. And I don't want anyone who, first off, isn't informed and isn't making an informed decision uh, to come into the organization. Uh, because at the end of the day, like I want to, you know, I have morals that I have to I have to stick to. So uh, I do appreciate appreciate the good, honest, uh, you know, answers that you give guys. Because um, treating people more than a number that's the biggest thing, and I know that's hard sometimes, uh, especially treating the the you know different branches as a as a business. I mean, it, essentially you have to sometimes, but uh, you can still make the numbers and be a hundred percent. Because the last thing I would ever want. And I'm sure you feel the same thing as have someone in the in the army or whatever branch that doesn't really want to be there because those those guys turn into their own <laughs> their own problem. So and their problem becomes our problem. Oh yeah, and it it's just a long line of of bad. Yeah, that's uh, how. I'm, to be honest with you, it took me. Uh, I invested a lot of time in people as a recruiter. It took me over two years to put one guy in. So. <laughs> That's that's that you have to be committed, um, and I think a lot of guys after a few conversations, kind of just get tired of it and move on. But uh, that's shows a true character uh, right there. That if you know if you have that feeling or you know discernment of people, you know it's something they really want. I mean yourself, you're an example of working hard. Sometimes it might take a little bit longer, but get them get them through that door uh, and getting them where they know they need to be, following their their dreams and and their passions, uh, which obviously just from this whole, this whole talk, I, I can, I can tell you're very passionate about the army and, and your life and everything it, it, that the army's given you and, and what you've been blessed with. Um, but I, I guess rolling into our last question, it's more or less a, a random question directly for our viewers uh, looking to join. Uh, it would be what advice or for yourself or what advice would you give someone looking to join? Um, or more or less, what advice would you have given yourself from the knowledge you have today back to the 24-year-old you back when you first joined? All right. Yeah, I can do that. So here's the thing. First off, I'll talk about the recruiting process. All right. Just as you said earlier, sometimes it's all about the numbers. But to me... I'd rather have quality than quantity. That's how I look at everything in life, whether it's PT, whether it's soldier. I'd rather have three good soldiers than 10 bad soldiers. So if you're thinking about the Army or the military in general, the Marine Corps, Navy, or whatever, you need to ask those questions to that recruiter. Don't take no for an answer. And you need to be, you need to be verbal 
involve your family, you know, because your family's going to be a big support during this. Uh, when I went, I didn't even take my wife to the recruit to the recruiting station, you know. And I left like five days after I joined, so she didn't know anything. And I recommend, you know, you got to get somebody involved. Get your family involved. Critical questions, you got to ask them. If you're wanting to come in the Army and you want, let's say, to be a laboratory specialist, and they try to sell you on another job, go with your heart. Yes, serving is serving. But if you know you want a certain job, these recruiters are going to kill me for saying this, but that job is going to populate eventually. So if you know you want a certain job, you go with your heart. You might have to wait a month. You might have to wait two months, three months. You might have to wait a year. But if that's the job you want, don't settle for less. You know what I mean? Now, I'm happy with the infantry. I'm happy with the job I got. Uh, the camaraderie, unexplainable. You know, the things we did for each other, unexplainable. Another thing I would do, <clears throat> fitness. Please hear me out on this. Fitness. Workout. Even if it's starting out walking, put a backpack on with 20 pounds in it and just walk. Get used to that. Get used to the suck of it. Because once you you beat that barrier in your brain and your mind, because your mind's going to play tricks with you. I'm telling you, your body can do a lot more than what you think. And it's the same way with your mind. Once your mind, once you can control your mind as far as physical fitness and stuff, anything's possible. I recommend getting fit, uh, working on that, a good diet. You know what I'm saying? Get a good diet because once you go to basic training, it's going to be a, it's going to be a shock. You know, your body's going to be shocked, but if you go ahead and train prior to going, you're going to be a lot better. Uh, just don't take no for an answer, you know, get out, get what you want, take what you want. Mm -hmm. And another thing for the people that have actually joined the army or the military, what you need to do, honestly, never turn a school down. Anytime they say you want to go to I don't, dagger class, you want to go to pathfinder school, airborne school, aerosol school. Don't ever say no. That's one thing I regret is a lot of times I turned a lot of stuff down because I thought I always had to be there with my soldiers. But the longer I was in the Army, I realized that my soldiers knew exactly what to do when I wasn't there because I trained them on what not to do. So a lot of things, you know, that I passed up that I could have did, and I recommend that you never pass anything up. All the schooling they'll give you, take it. You know, the tuition assistance for college, take it. One class a semester, take that money and get something out of it. Because the military is not going to be there forever for you because one day you're going to get out and you got to have a solid plan when you get out. That's, you know, that's really the thing with that. Uh, but when you go to that recruiter, don't take no for an answer. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's, that's a lot of good points. Um, you know, one thing that I'm super jealous of is coming, uh, obviously I'm in the Marine Corps right now is, and looking at all the opportunities for schools and, and just, school seats for for the schools it's insane and, yeah. and to even hear people that kind of like pass off like no i don't want to do that i'm like i'm over here yeah. begging begging to go to schools and i just it's not happening uh it's a it's a way smaller branch you know um definitely uh, i think you made a lot of good points on that 
take advantage of it. Every, any benefits that, that the branch is going to give you, especially TA, um, yeah. and the schools. Yeah. Cause setting yourself up for, for after is, it's, you know, like you said, it's not always going to be there. One day you're going to take off the uniform. Uh, yep. at least 20 years, let's do whatever you can elevate your, your status as much as you, it's possible. Um, yeah. And it's, it's not hard. You just got to know how to take advantage of it. Um, but I guess at this point, uh, I'd really like to say thank you again. Thank you for coming on. Hey, thank you for all your motivation you've given me personally, but to all the people out there that's following you, Facebook, Instagram, um, and just all the guys you put into the military. I know there's a lot of people that you probably didn't put in, but you still mentored those guys, especially me for one. Uh, I, I really, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for everything you do for the, for the military side, everything you do spiritually, um, you, you know, just sharing your, your testimony, um, where you were, where you are now, that's, that's motivation. And regardless of, you know, religious preference, seeing someone's journey, that's, and it gives people hope. So I, I really appreciate you coming on today. Uh, I look forward to, to hopefully staying acquainted with you in the future. Uh, I mean, one day we'll probably end up back in Georgia somewhere and we'll run into each other. But uh, yeah, thank you for coming on today and I hope you have a good rest of your day. Oh yeah, no problem. Thank you.